Welcome to the Vagina Rehab Doctor podcast. This is for all women, vagina CEOs, even men, and all people everywhere who want to better understand vaginal health. Y'all, I'm preaching the vagina gospel and sharing the truth worldwide. Hallelujah! I'm Dr. Janelle Howell, a pelvic floor physical therapist, and your go-to resource for all things vaginal health, pelvic floor fitness, and sexual wellness. I'm teaching you everything your mama didn't about your vagina. Welcome back, y'all, to another episode of the Vagina Rehab Doctor Podcast. I'm so excited that you're here. And today I'm going to be opening up a little bit more about my own story, my own body, my own uterus, and my own vagina. We're going to be talking about periods. Before we get into the episode, though, I want to ask you to do something for me. I want you to subscribe to this podcast if you have not done so. The purpose of subscribing is so that whenever a new episode drops, you don't have to come looking for the podcast. You'll just get one notification that says there's a new episode out. It will just send it right to you. So that makes it easy and prevents you from missing an episode that's for you, okay? That also supports this podcast. So it makes it easier for people to find this podcast when you leave me a review, a five-star revenue review, and when you subscribe. So please do one or the other, subscribe or leave me a five-star rating review if you're taking in this information and coming back and learning from me for free. (laughs) You're not paying, Ari. Okay. All right. So I need to do that. All right. So today's episode is about my two-month-long period, my missing periods, and my PCOS journey. Polycystic ovarian syndrome is the most common cause of infertility. And it's really common. About 10% of people born female, whether you still identify as a woman or are not, identify with PCOS. It can be even higher among different communities. But the most common number that we're looking at right now is about 10%. And so polycystic ovarian syndrome is a condition, a metabolic and hormonal condition that impacts the the metabolism, right? It impacts your metabolism. The most common thing that it can change is your insulin function, right? So insulin is like the Uber that takes nutrients into the cells. Without the car picking up the nutrients, the nutrients can't get into the cells. So essentially sugar, that's the that's the fuel source that our body runs on, which is glucose. And so insulin's job is to shuttle insulin inside of the shell, inside of the cells. Take it from the blood. There's sugar in our bloodstream after we eat. And insulin's job is to take the sugar out of the bloodstream and into those cells, the cells of your muscles, the cells of your brain, your brain cells, your muscle cells, your liver cells, all of that, your eyes, everything in the body needs sugar. And so without insulin functioning correctly, or if there's a resistance to insulin, then there's going to be an increase of blood, uh, blood sugar, right? So there's going to be more sugar in our bloodstream and insulin is going to start pumping up too, because if insulin is not working, then the pancreas says, oh, let's just make more insulin because the body is not utilizing the insulin that we've made. So then insulin gets too high and this can be referred to as insulin resistance. So even before you have diabetes, this can be happening. Diabetes is essentially insulin resistance that has gotten so bad that eventually it's led to the term diabetes. 
But before we're diagnosed with diabetes, many of us actually have some level of insulin resistance. And that is one of the most common factors with polycystic ovarian syndrome. So let's rewind for me. Back when I first started getting my period, I noticed that I wouldn't get it every single month like most of my friends. They would get their period every 28 days, every 30 days. And I noticed like, hmm, I can go three months, four months without a period. Nothing. This is when I was 12, 13, 14. So pregnancy is not an option. I would go to the doctor and the doctor would say, hey, we're going to look at your ovaries and see if there's any cyst. And the test would come back and he would say, oh, there's no cyst on your ovaries. So just pop these birth control pills. So I would pop the birth control pills for years from age 13, 14, on and off. I, I, I definitely have been a person who can say I've never been consistent with birth control, but that was really the only thing offered to me from a young age. I didn't have fibroids. I didn't have cysts. I didn't have any of these things that they thought were the signs of PCOS. So all I was given was birth control. Now, it wasn't until several dec- several years later, at the age of 30, I finally went to the doctor and I was like, okay, I need to be diagnosed with something because something is not right. And if I re- let me rewind again. I remember in high school, I had my period for a week and it was still going heavy. I had my period for two weeks. It was still going heavy. Three weeks, four weeks. It got to two months. I was bleeding straight. Two months of bleeding. And this was because I wasn't, my body wasn't following a natural cycle of ovulation. And then, you know, the wall of the uterus breaking down and then bleeding and then heading to ovulation again. That wasn't happening for me. So one of the other factors of of PCOS is that for a lot of people, we don't ovulate, like we don't drop that egg or we don't ovulate on a monthly basis. So that means if you're not ovulating, then you may not get your period. So I would go months without a period because I wasn't ovulating. I wasn't dropping an egg that would help me to get pregnant if I was trying. So then I wasn't getting a period. But that whole time, if my uterus is not shedding, if the wall of my uterus is not shedding, that means it's just building up, building up, building up, building up, building up. So by the time my period did come, I would have so much bleeding. And if my body is not along this cycle of head into ovulation, thicken the uterus in preparation for pregnancy, pregnancy doesn't happen, then the uterus sheds, my body doesn't follow that cycle. So the hormones that would help my body to know that it's time to stop bleeding and start heading to ovulation again, that just wouldn't happen. So I would just keep bleeding and bleeding because my body wasn't pumping out the necessary hormones to lead me towards ovulation. So that was back then in high school. Same thing happened to me when I was in physical therapy school, working on my doctorate to be a physical therapist. I bled for two months again. And many times I didn't go to the doctor. I'm just going to be honest. I don't recommend this. If you are having this issue of bleeding more than seven days, missing periods, please go see your doctor. Go see your doctor, get some help because it can lead to nutrient deficiencies like anemia, iron deficiency, et cetera. Please don't wait. And it could be a sign of something bigger. Sometimes it's not PCOS. Sometimes it's fibroids or polyps or something else causing your bleeding or the lack of bleeding, right? So go see your doctor. For me, in my foolish ways, I didn't. I was like, you know what? Every time I go, they just prescribe birth control. And sometimes that doesn't even regulate my cycle. So I'm just going to, you know, try and wait for it to stop. Foolish. And so at the age of 30, now I'm living in Chicago. I'm done with physical therapy school. All of that is done. I go to my my doctor, my gynecologist, and I let them know. It Honestly, wait, 
who wasn't even a gynecologist. I ended up going to a dermatologist because I was getting like sensitivity on my scalp. That's another thing with PCOS. Listen, where are my PCOS sisters at? Where are my sisters at? Not S-I-S-T-E-R-S, but my C-Y-S-T-E-R-S, sisters. Where y'all at? Send me a message on Instagram. Let me know what you want to hear on this podcast. I want to speak to y'all a little bit more. So anyways, so I went to a dermatologist because I was having a lot of sensitivity on my scalp. Like I would touch my scalp and I would have like these little scabs on my scalp. I also had a lot of hair thinning, really common with PCOS because of the extra testosterone in the bloodstream that can lead to hair thinning because we're not supposed to have such a high level of testosterone in our bloodstream. And so when that happens, it can lead to inflammation and the inflammation and the testosterone and all that can lead to hair thinning and sometimes even sensitivity on the scalp. So I was having that issue. I was getting really bad acne, cystic acne on my face. I had like this really big cystic acne. It was like a almost the size of a, of a dime. It was embarrassing on the side of my face. And so I went to the dermatologist. I was telling her about my symptoms, missing periods. When I do get my periods prolonged, all of that since a little girl. She essentially, I had to go to a dermatologist to get diagnosed with PCOS. She was like, let me just let you know that you do have that. You do. All you need, let me tell you the, the Rotterdam criteria for PCOS. Technically, you do need to be diagnosed by your medical provider, right? So you cannot use this podcast to give you an official diagnosis that you have PCOS. However, let me tell you the three factors that people that medical providers are going to look for in order to determine if you have it okay remember it has to be done by medical providers to get the official diagnosis however you can be educated so let me educate you on this there are three things that providers look for before they lead to this uh, PCOS diagnosis number one can you go more than 35 days without a period and all you need is two of these three criteria and you can be diagnosed with PCOS. Can you go 35 days or more without a period? Number two, do you have cyst-like sacs on your ovaries? Do you have like these small little cysts on your ovaries? I'm not talking about the big ones that can rupture and cause pain. That is different, and that is not the same thing as PCOS. PCOS by itself does not cause pain, but it doesn't mean that you can't have PCOS and also something else that causes your pain. But the little cyst-like sacs on the ovaries, those are just the little follicles that tried to ovulate and it didn't work. So then your body produced a new follicle to try and ovulate. It didn't work. So we have more follicles on each ovary. And those are the things that are the cyst. They're cyst-like. But it's not the same thing as those big painful cysts that rupture and you got to have surgery and all that. Not the same thing. PCOS is essentially these little follicles. We all have follicles on our ovaries that release an egg but we have more follicles on our ovaries because we try to ovulate more. And when it fails, the body just creates a new follicle to try again. And it's like this cycle. So if you have increased follicles on your ovaries, again, you have to go see a doctor, have them do like a pelvic ultrasound to check. And then number three is if you have signs of high testosterone or if you have high levels of testosterone on a blood test or male hormones, right? It can be DHT, it can be testosterone, Those male hormones should be under a certain level for the female-born population. So for me, I had two of the three. Missing periods, I can go two, three months without a period. 
35 days, I'll be thankful for a 35-day period. And then the second thing that I have is the signs of high testosterone. So I have, ever since I was little, I had like little hair stubs on my upper lip, little mustache. Yep, so embarrassing as a kid. I used to, people used to ask me if I was a boy. I was a tomboy, played basketball, all this was so strong. It would confuse me for a boy. So I have the mustache, right? Even now, I, I get rid of that. Hair on my chin, hair on my, on my chest, hair on my lower belly. These are signs that, you know, high testosterone. Hair thinning, acne. Acne is also a sign of high testosterone. So it was confirmed though on a blood test. So then I also have the high levels of testosterone in my bloodstream. So that in combination with my missing periods for me is enough. So definitely talk to your doctor. They do need to check on other things like your thyroid. There's something also called hypothalamic amenorrhea. So you could be having missing periods because of lack of calories, insufficient calories. So if you play sports, you're really heavy into athletics and you're just working out a lot. Your, your period can go missing just from that and you don't have PCOS or you're just not eating enough. Like if you're an anorexic, not eating enough food, that can contribute to missing periods. However, if those things are cleared and you're having these signs, it's possible that you might have PCOS, unfortunately. And there are days that I feel so bad. I get frustrated with my body. Like when will the bleeding stop? If it's not that, when will my period come? Will I ever be able to get pregnant? If I will be able to get pregnant, do I actually want to become pregnant? I've thought for so long that I'm going to have a difficult time getting pregnant that I, I'm i at the place where I'm actually okay with the fact that I may not be able to. And I'm not trying to be negative. I know people, don't say that. Oh my gosh, don't say that. Speak positive. Speak, speak life. Have faith. Believe God. I believe God and I love God. But I've had these issues with my body for so long that I'm open to the possibility that it may be difficult for me. And I find things that work here and there. Like last year before I quit to work for myself full time, I was walking a lot daily, getting a lot of steps in because where I parked in Chicago was far away from where I work. Did this on purpose. I was being cheap, one. But number two, I was like, oh, I'll do it for the walking. So I would park at this parking structure and then have to walk to, to the hospital before I quit. And I would get regular exercising every day just from that. So I was walking. Also, I just wasn't a business owner. I wasn't an entrepreneur. My stress levels were lower. And I was doing things like taking uh, myo and D-chiral inositol. Next episode, I'm going to talk more about things you can actually do to help your PCOS. But for right now, let's just talk about the struggle. <laughs> we're going to talk about that. But I was taking myo and D-chiral inositol. I was taking turmeric for inflammation. And I was taking vitamin D. That in combination with walking a lot and trying to eat more protein with my meals, not not just eating carbs and that's it, because that will spike your blood sugar and therefore spike your insulin. So if you're going to have something sweet, try and limit the amount and have it at the end of a balanced meal. When I say balanced meal, it needs to include a quality protein and vegetable if you can. Protein usually has fat with it. So fat's going to come with that protein. But I was doing these things, but I still had sugar cravings. I wasn't perfect. Like, don't don't get me wrong. I would have my blueberry muffins. I would go to Garrett's Popcorn. Like, I would still, like, indulge, but I was getting regular walking. I was taking these supplements on a regular basis, and I wasn't as stressed, uh, just to be honest with you. And last year, up until the time I quit, I was getting my period every single month, first time in my whole life. About a month before I quit, my period stopped. I went one month, no period, two months, no period, three months, no period. And then my period started. And of course, it was lasting way too long. And here I am almost a year after I quit my job to work for myself. So I work for Vagina Rehab Doctor, founder and CEO of my, my own company. It's a lot. 
It's a lot. It's stressful. And I like to go all in whenever I do something. Listen, I like to go heavy. Sometimes I even think that I like the hustle. Like I like the grind. I like that. I like selling. I like offering new, new, new things. I like coming up with new projects. I like seeing results, seeing people overcome, seeing people with testimonies. I like seeing that you having the sex you wanted to have. Like your, your marriage is popping. That sex life is, is spicy. Now I love that. I love Instagram. Well, I won't say I love Instagram, but I love when a post goes goes pretty popular or viral. And people are sharing and comment. It's it's a rush. Yeah, it's a rush. But my body is like it's not in it's not in that rest mode that it needs. And I found different things that can help. But right now, if I'm honest with you, man, I'm struggling. Many times we listen to healthcare practitioners and they just tell us that this is what you can do to fix your problem. But if I'm just going to be honest with you right now, I don't have all the answers. I myself struggle. I myself doubt my body. I myself ask why. I myself ask, will I have to be like this for the rest of my life? Why do I have to try so hard just to get a period? Just to just to get a freaking period. It's not easy. And it's okay. Like It's okay to be frustrated with your body. And I just want to say to anyone listening, if you've never been heard, if you feel like you're alone, you're not. And this is really the reason why I go so hard for sexual pain and vaginismus. This is the reason. Because this condition, man, it truly at times makes me feel like half a person. There's body image issues. The hair that grows on my chin makes me feel like, even today, I was talking to my boyfriend. I was at his, um, my fiance, sorry, not my boyfriend, my fiance. I was at his apartment and I locked myself in his bathroom because I wanted to shave my mustache. And I locked the door because I don't want him to see me doing that. And he has seen me do it before and he loves me. He's so supportive and he's great. He doesn't judge me or anything for it. He tells me I'm beautiful all the time. But I personally just like, today I didn't want to. So I locked the door and I was doing that and he's knocking on the door. He's getting ready for, for class. And I'm like, what do you need to come in here for? He's like, babe, I got somewhere to go. And I'm sitting there hiding it because I don't want to be doing that. I don't want to be shaving my chin. Like what? There are moments where just like, dang, when am I, when is my period going to end? Like, when will this end? And me knowing what it's like to feel like half a person to feel broken, to not feel like I'm woman enough and to feel like there's nothing that I can really do. And I can try, the the fact that I just have to try so hard to achieve many of the things that a lot of other women and people experience is so disheartening. And that is why I put everything into helping people overcome their vaginismus, their sexual pain, their vulvodynia. Because society has told us for so long that we're supposed to be able to give sex to our partners. We're supposed to be these sexual beings. We're supposed to be able to easily have sex and easily be penetrated. And especially if we're a Christian and we waited until marriage, you're giving your body away. And when you get to this place where you realize that you can't, I understand what what it's like to feel so broken. And so I dedicate my work to helping people not feel like this. That's why I do this. I don't want y'all to feel this way. So here I am being silly on Instagram, making these podcasts, reaching out, trying to help, offering my services because I want to see more of you feel whole. 
be whole and feel less broken. So to everyone listening right now who has PCOS, who has missing periods, who has pelvic pain, fibroids, vaginismus, right? Interstitial cystitis, prolapse, whatever it is, alone, honestly, you're just a drop in the ocean. But together, y'all, if we just start talking to each other more, reaching out, shedding the shame from these conditions, together we are an ocean and we can do this. When you need help, don't be afraid to reach out. If that's you, you know my doors are always open for anyone who has pelvic floor muscle dysfunction. We can help you. So glad that I have help now to help you all not feel alone in this journey of sexual wellness, pelvic floor health, and vaginal fitness. We are here for you. So I'm going to put that link in the bio, in the um, show notes, every single time for anyone who wants to invest in their pelvic floor health. Whether that's overcoming your sexual pain, your incontinence, your vaginismus, or whatever it may be, if you want professional, regular support to invest in this and overcome these issues so you can step into more pleasure, feel whole in your body, and feel confident in your body and in your capabilities, we are here for you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you made it to the end, wow, it it got emotional towards the end, but I just want to thank you for listening for understanding and for holding space for these conditions, pelvic floor muscle dysfunction, and also hormonal conditions like polycystic ovarian syndrome. Whatever you're dealing with, remember that you're not alone and leave me a five-star raving review if you stay to the end. If you stay to the end, that means something was was reaching you. Something was talking to you. So leave me a five-star raving review if you can. That will support this podcast and continuing on. All right, talk to you guys again next Monday. Bye.